So uh, we've been talking a, a few weeks now about something that I want to continue with today. It's kind of like I, I can't quite get away from this. Um, how many have uh, cell phones? Can, he, can you remember when there weren't cell phones? You know, uh, my wife tried to get me to get a, a, to use a cell phone. I said, I don't want to have somebody being able to talk to me any whole time, you know. I don't want to have you being able to call me whenever you want to call me. <laughs> that was back uh, when the internet was, you know, and you had to plug it into the wall, you know, and... Um, that's funny because some, some people don't even know what we're talking. The younger kids just don't really even know what we're talking about. Like, like uh, uh, Caleb, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Caleb didn't have a clue what we're talking about. So, so there was a time, though, and I don't know about you, but, man, I, I, would, I, uh, I never thought that we would ever get rid of a, a landline phone. I thought, I, I don't know why I thought that, but, um, you know, we just don't even have use for a landline phone anymore, you know? Like, why do you have a landline phone? Um, because now you can take a landline phone, you have to go running for it, looking for it, if it happens to go off, right? And my folks have this one that, you know, they, they don't get around real fast, and it only, it only rings four times. I don't even know why they have it anymore. It rings four times. They never get to it in time. <laughs> but the cell phone. And I told Dad, you know what? Because he can't even get to his, he, he, you know, he goes looking for his, his cell phone sometimes, too. You know, it's like, where did I leave that thing? I said, we're going to get you an Apple Watch. And it's going to be right on your arm. And you can just talk to us right from your arm, you know, like Dick Tracy, you know, <laughs> from a long time ago. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> Caleb doesn't know who Dick Tracy is either. <laughs> it is kind of amazing, though, that they had these little cartoons. You know, what was that? 50 years ago, you know, where he's talking into his arm. And... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, the, the, the idea for all this stuff we've got now happened a long time ago. But um, so we moved down here. I actually moved down here before my wife from, from Ohio. And uh, so I was down here by myself and my wife convinced me to get a cell phone. And I wanted a cell phone at that time because I, then I could talk to my wife. Because I wanted to talk to my wife because we weren't together. You know, I wasn't going to see her that night. So, so what's... For eight weeks. Well, I mean, now it's like I go, that was why I didn't have them before, because I was going to see her anyway. Um, okay. Anyway. So anyway, that cell phone has become a very smartphone, too. It's like, it's like it does all kinds of things that just like, have, how, how long is the longest period of time you've been without it lately? It's like, it's there when you wake up. It's, it's your best friend. You can ask it anything, and, and it has the answer. Isn't that wonderful? It can tell you how to get somewhere. How many have, how, how many have navigated without GPS lately? You know, man, you get used to that GPS, and man, it's your best friend, right? Yeah. But there's another thing that happens with a cell phone. I don't know if you've gotten this, but somehow people find out what your number is. Right? And man, you get calls from all kinds of people, and it might actually be something good, but man, most of the time it's not, right? And it's gotten really, it's gotten really handy because now they've been able to figure out whether it's like a spam call or something, so you get a little notice on there, and so I just hit delete, you know, right? Or if, if I just don't even know what that number is, I'm not going to answer it. Why? Because I got a call. 
but I don't want to hear it. Right? I, I'm not interested in answering this call because it, I have no reason to believe that it's going to be good for me. I don't know this person, right? However, there is a call that you lay down for everything else, right? Like, oh, I got to get this call. You ever get that? It's like, you're in the middle of something. Oh, I got to get this call. Why? Because you know who it is and you know that it's something important. If my wife calls, I better answer. Well, I don't all the time, but I better come up with a really good excuse, you know. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about a word that we, we, we're used to. It has some different meanings, and I want to go through some meanings with it today because it is something that we have. And this is what we've been talking about for a few weeks is it doesn't do any good to have something if you don't appreciate what it is and do something with it. And so we started off by talking about just Moses. He, God meets him in the wilderness and, and God says, I'm going to deliver the children of Israel through you. And he, man, Moses starts coming up with, I'm not the one. I don't have anything. There's nothing that I have that's going to be able to help the children of Israel. And, and, and God just says, well, what's that in your hand? And as long as we're considering anything that we already have as nothing, it is nothing. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we have, we already, many times when we, when we come to God, we're wanting to get something. How many are like that? You want to get something from God, right? It's like, I want to, I want to obtain something. And here's what I want to look at is it's not so much what we're going to get as what we already have. You know, we, we, we received communion or we partook of communion this morning. What does it have to do with what God is going to do for us? It has to do with what he's already done. What we already have. So we've spent a few weeks talking about this. And I want to encourage you to go back and look at some of this. But what I want to talk today about is for each one of us, we have a call. We have a call, and sometimes, so we're going to look at some different meanings of this because it's necessary to, to understand, but I believe that they're related to each other, and they're very, it's very important to, to get a revelation of it for them to be activated in your life. So actually, I like, I like, don't you like Buddy's stories and stuff that he does when we're receiving an offering? You know, Buddy's always got these wonderful stories. And, and that, that example of that guy that was able to, to uh, come up with all these inventions. And you could say about that guy that his calling was to be creative. Couldn't you say that? Are you familiar with that term? Somebody's calling. Sometimes it can be kind of a, a, a church thing. I don't know. I know it's a church. Boy, that guy has a call of God on his life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. <laughs> the main reason you know that somebody's got a call of God on their life is because what they're doing with it. It's because they answered it. Yeah. They didn't go delete and I thought about this guy that did this. You, you know what? He, he, he saw and he did something with what. But what I liked about it is, is it was his relationship with God. And this is kind of where we're going to go today. Because God is calling each one of us. He's already called us in Christ. 
We can sit here and feel like we don't have anything. But we have the almighty God, our creator. Last week we talked about him. How amazing he's made us. It's incredible how he's made us. And we think, you know, we can get all, all bent out of shape about something that's wrong in our body or something and not realize how much right is going on in our body all the time. It's really amazing how we're made, how God has already provided us with an immune system that we don't necessarily have to do all these other things to make sure that we don't get sick because he's already fighting off stuff all the time that we don't even know about. Amen? Yeah, <laughs> so when it... When we're having a relationship with God, and that's why we're here today, isn't it? To, to magnify God and to, to be affected by, by what his thoughts for us, right? So when we're approaching him, I think it's, it's very important to start considering what we already have. Because when you start to consider what you already have, you can obtain it by faith. And that's what God wants for us today. Amen? So we're talking about call. Right, <laughs> and uh, so so, what do you have? This is the this is the the series that I got going on. I didn't realize I was going to do that. I initially was just going to do one thing about what do you have, and I, it, it, sometimes you can be dumbfounded. Well, I don't really feel like I have anything at all to give, you know. It's like, <laughs> well, when it comes to what God's perspective on things is, we need to adjust that. So today we're going to be talking about your calling, and. Um, so I, I want to go through this process, and I'm going to have five things that I'm just going to go through to look that there's a reason in each progression of this for us to have an understanding of it, and we can actually experience the effect of what God's already provided for us in a call. <laughs> we have it coming our way. It's ringing, and we need to answer it, but you don't just answer it. You got to do something with it, Okay. All right, so let's look at this, and this is what we're going to go through. Uh, when you just think of a call, it can be like an, in, uh, an invitation, a call to come. It can be an actual call. Somebody's calling you, and you decide whether or not you're going to. Do you have some people that, that maybe you should answer, and you just don't want to because you kind of know what they're going to talk about, you know? And it's like, I, I, I'm just not going to talk. I'm, you know, actually, this can, be, this can be God sometimes. It's like he's calling. He's saying, you know, I want to I rescue that you from something that you're in the middle of. You're, you're bound in, you know? And he said, I just don't really want to answer this call. You know, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. My flesh kind of likes this, you know? <laughs> But we have a call. And everyone here today has a call from God. He's wanting to come. He's saying, come unto me. Okay. So, so then, once you have that call and you have a revelation of what that is for your life, though, you're going to have to do something with it. You're going to have to care for it. It's going to have to be more important. You're going to have to say, I got to take this call. I got to do something with this call. Amen. Okay, and here's what happens with God, and, and, and such a great example in, in Buddy's story here today, is you can't get close to God, you can't answer the call and be responding to what he said without him doing something in you, awakening something in you that becomes that, oh, that's a call of God. You know what that is? That's a responding to his presence, getting close to him, and he's designed us, each one of us, with a call. It's not going to look like somebody else's call. I wish I could be Elon Musk right now. I, got, I wish, you know, I just wish I could just, you know, 
It's like, it's like our, our, our grandson that we're raising, you know, he says, what if you took DNA out of this and put it in this, you know? And it's like, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to take somebody's DNA and just be, you know what, God has put DNA in us. He's already called us to greatness. He's already put a call. And when you respond to the call that he's given you, I'm getting ahead of myself. I shouldn't be explaining this already, but I am kind of anyway. So just hang with me, okay? <laughs> so what he does is that he enables ability. You respond to him. You take care of the call like it's real, like it's from somebody important. And he'll begin to enable something in you that was already there, but it needs the culture of heaven. Right. All right? And then once you start enabling, you start acting in the enabling power of, of God, it's not just something you're doing. It becomes who you are. It becomes your vocation. And I'll use Buddy again. Buddy's our, my, my, my example here today. <laughs> you know, he went off to college, and, and he's, 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 he has a very wonderful vocation right now. It's, it's a blessing. It's, it's, it's really doing wonderful things for a lot of people, his family and a lot of other people. And he's making a great impact on an industry. But, you know, it didn't start with him just landing in the top position. He went to college and studied something that's totally unrelated to what he's doing right now. <laughs> kind of, right? <laughs> but it put, it put him in a position for his calling to be utilized. And he was caring for it a long time ago. He's been caring for it before God. Laying down other things, saying, no, I got to take this call. <laughs> I got to make priority of this, right? So now... When you look at, at, at who Buddy is, he has a vocation that's become who he is. Does that make sense? And what God wants to do is not just give us something to do. Yeah. Take out the trash. You know, clean the toilet bowls. You know, <laughs> something like that. He, he wants it to become who we are. Right. When you come to God, he's going to change who you are. And it's going to be a great thing. Amen. And this is what we already have. In him. Amen? And then what it always does, a person that finds their true calling, it's never about them. This is the amazing thing. We want to, to find out who we are so we can feel exalted, encouraged in who we are. We can be elevated above somebody else. And, and really the whole purpose of a calling is to lift somebody else up. And this is where God, you know what? Aren't you glad that Jesus laid down his life so that he could lift us up? Yes. He had a calling that he fulfilled, but it required him laying down his life for us to be, have a purpose in him. So this is the pro process that God has for each one of us already, right now, no matter how old we are. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Amen? You know what I found out the other day is, and I don't know if they're just you know, I've gotten very suspicious of, of uh, statistics. Have you gotten suspicious of statistics? It's like they're, they're telling you there's a percentage of this and percentage of that. We took a poll here and we took a poll there. And it's like, I don't know if that's really what they're saying, you know. But I like this one because it says that some of the people that do the greatest things are over 60. I lay claim upon that. I hold fast to that confession. Because I know I don't look like it, but I'm over 60. Okay. Right? 
But it, so it, it, it doesn't matter where we are in our life. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, to, to disable a calling in any way that he can. Your age, what you've been through, what somebody did to you, what you failed in already. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I think, God, you know what I've been up to, you know? And it's like, uh, you, there's no way you can, you can still have a call on my life. And he says, no, I've taken care of that by grace. By the blood of Jesus. Amen. Isn't that great? So the only thing keeping us from answering that call, from being affected by it, and actually letting the power of God enable a greatness in us that's not about us. Amen. Is the revelation of that. And that's what we're here about today. Amen. To get revelation. The only thing keeping you from experiencing the power of God in your life is revelation. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here to help us with today. Amen. I just want to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit today that we can share some things. And let's, let's, So there's an example I want to go through here. And, and this is, Jesus is so good about, uh, about telling stories. Uh, Buddy just likes to emulate. You think Buddy's just being, no, he's emulating Jesus. So, so get over it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he tells some wonderful stories, right? And, and uh, this story really Bring some revelation with regard to this that I want to go through, okay? And the main thing I'm wanting to get from this, but we'll get a couple other things too, is that everybody has a call. No, we have to just get past that somebody else, because they're, they're elevating, they're doing something else, that they're, they're, that they're better. You know what? It, it's, it doesn't take away what God has already given each one of us. And the only thing that's going to keep us from that is believing it. So we're going to believe. Can you say that? Turn to somebody and say, I believe it. And as a Texan, I'm fixing to believe some more. Okay, that was a little bit too much to repeat. Okay. I never knew what fixing was until my Texan brother-in-law came up to Colorado and introduced us to fixing. Anyway, Matthew 22, starting in verse 2 here, he says, He illustrated the reality of heaven's kingdom realm by saying, There was once a king who arranged an extravagant wedding feast for his son. On the day the festivities were set to begin, he sent his servants to summon all the invited guests, but they chose not to come. So, now these were people that he knew. They, they were people like on a contact list, you know? But not like a Facebook contact list that you don't really know anybody, but, but you actually know these people, you know? And he sent out this invitation, and what did they do? They chose not to come. Did they not have an invitation? They had an invitation, right? They were called, weren't they? So the king sent even more servants to inform the invited guests, saying, Come, for the sumptuous feast is now ready. The oxen and fat, fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is prepared. So come, come to the wedding feast for my son and his bride. But the invited guests we're not impressed. Send a voicemail. They didn't answer, right? They didn't respond. <clears throat> but the invited guests were not impressed. One was preoccupied with his business. I got other stuff that's more important. Another went off to his farming enterprise. And the rest seized the king's messengers and shamefully mistreated them and even killed them. This infuriated the king. So he sent his soldiers to execute those murderers and had their city burned to the ground. 
Then the king said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready. Yet those who had been invited to attend didn't deserve the honor. What God is calling us to is an honor. We're not losing anything. We are being taken to a place of elevated honor in the presence of God. Amen? But there's these silly things in our life that will say, I can't do that because I have to go do this. I have this relationship. I have this occupation. I have this vocation, right? All right, there's more to come. Now I want you to go into the streets and the alleyways and invite who? Everyone. And everyone you find to come, anyone and everyone to come and enjoy the wedding feast in honor of my son. So the servants went out into the city streets and invited everyone. Was anybody left out? No, everybody was invited, right? They, they got a call to come to the wedding feast, good and bad alike, until the banquet hall was crammed with people. He finally got it full. Now when the king entered the ban banquet hall, he looked with glee over all his guests. But then he noticed a guest who was not wearing the wedding robe provided for him. So was, it, was this guy not wearing it because he didn't have it? No, he, is, he wasn't wearing it because he chose not to wear it. It was provided for him, wasn't it? It was an appropriate clothing that he needed to wear in order to uh, be accepted, to be qualified to be in the presence of his son, right? So he said, my friend, how is it that you're here? You're not wearing your wedding garment, but the man was speechless, I don't know. This kind of hit me just now as I'm saying this. How many of us are going to be speechless before God when he said, what are you doing with what I gave you? I even gave you the right garments to wear. What are we going to have to say? Well, I had this thing on earth that I had to do. <laughs> I'm telling you what, the closer you get to eternity, the more this kind of stuff is real. Yes. Right? Then the king turned to his servants and said, tie him up and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be great sorrow with weeping and grinding of teeth for everyone is invited to enter in. Everyone has a call. Everyone. Man, just look at yourself right now kind of and say, I have a call. God is calling me to fellowship with him. Amen? But few respond in excellence. It's not enough to just even answer the call. You got to respond to the call in the excellence that is provided already for us. And that's why we come together. That's why we open up the word of God. It's because we don't just do this on our own. If we just leave ourselves up, what do you think about it? I really don't care what you think about anything. I care what the king thinks. Amen? So I'm going to submit myself to what God says. And I want to find out more what he says. Because I don't want to be speechless before him. Amen? So, this last verse here. For everyone is invited to enter in, but few respond in excellence. Now, the, the King James says it this way. It says, many are called. It's like, a lot of people get, this is one of those like robocalls, you know. 
It's going around to everybody, <laughs> right? And sometimes when, when we look at this, we can interpret this, that, that, that God calls a whole bunch of people, but he only chooses some. But who was doing the choosing throughout this? Everybody was getting invited, right? But some were choosing not to come. Amen? So just, just an example real quick. You know, I, I've, I've, uh, I played football in high school. And I chose to play football because um, my junior high uh, coach chewed me out saying that I was a quitter if I didn't play. So I, I was just going to show him that I was going to play all through high school. And I did. And um, Farnsworth, man, I admired that guy. He was great. Uh, <laughs> but what does it take to actually be... A, it's, it's, it's not enough to just be, because uh, in our high school, we, you know, it was open to anybody to, to come and tr- uh, play football. But who are the ones that were the stars? Who are the ones that actually got to play? It wasn't everybody that just showed up on the team. It was the ones that we, when they were a little kid, they were learning how to do what it takes to not just be called, but to be chosen. Does this make sense? So God is calling each one of us. He's calling us to a purpose that's very, very wonderful, actually. Wouldn't you like to have purpose for your life, right? And he's, and he's called us to this, but he, he needs us to, to take the calling seriously. Because every little boy has the potential, actually, to have a certain, you know, some people are just like crazy talented but a lot of these people that, that, you, that we you know I talked about Mahomes before you know he's not just that way because he was born that way he did something with his calling he had some help to do something with his calling right so there's this concept that we want to just look at is that we are all called we've all admitted have you admitted that or you just kind of nod your head because I told you to right, <laughs> right? we've all been called by God but who does the choosing? And this is where I want to challenge us today. What we choose to do has everything to do with our calling. Okay? So let's look at this. It's very important then that we honor the call. <laughs> it's kind of like in a marriage, you know. <laughs> I can ask my wife to marry me. She can say yes. We can get up there and say I do and everything else. But if she doesn't honor me, and allow her, cha- her life to change a little bit. If she keeps answering calls to some other guys. How's that going to go? Not really cool is it? Not to have a healthy marriage. Recognize that I have a call. But then what am I going to do with it? It's going to have to change my life. When I, when I became married to one person. I have to change what I'm doing myself. In order to honor the privilege of having this relationship. Amen. And, and that was, that's what God, if we're, if we're getting a call from a most holy God, the God that is all powerful and mighty, right? To really value that, I can't just show up and say, here I am, God, I've been, you know, I've been on, I've been doing, you'd really be interested in this. I just vegged out on Netflix last night, and it just really was a really cool series that I saw. There was a lot of profanity and sex in there, but you know what? I understand that you're going to forgive me of all that. You don't just show up like that. 
If you're getting a call from somebody, you're going to show up in front of them. You're going to do something about yourself. You might brush your teeth, you know. You might put on a little deodorant. You might, you might get yourself ready because the call means something to you. And this person means something to you. And so you're going to change who you are to honor who they are. Amen? Otherwise, you don't really honor the call. Right? So what happens? So we, we get this call. All of a sudden we get this revelation that this God is really something. Huh, I, I might better actually change some things. Because what happened in this story that Jesus told? He said, I gave you some garments to wear. If you're going to come into my presence, you're going to have to be affected by what I've already provided for you. Or else you don't deserve to be here. Now I know that grace covers a lot of things, but there's a lot put back on us. Amen? You know, we can get a ticket into heaven or something, but are we going to fulfill our call? That's another element. Grace doesn't just fulfill our call for us. Amen? (laughs) All who have been united with Christ in baptism have done what? They've put on Christ. Putting on Christ is different than just receiving the call from Christ. That means you're going to put on holiness. Now, I'm not beating anybody up here today. I'm, look, I'm, I'm providing an opportunity that God has for us. Holiness is not about you being beat up for something you've done wrong. Holiness is about an opportunity to get clean by the blood of Jesus so that you can adequately enter into the, the celebration of our presence with Christ and actually have your call affected by it. Amen? Like putting on new clothes. Amen? This guy that didn't do this, Jesus didn't say, it was okay, we just washed him up anyway and put on some clothes. No, what did he say about it? And this is what I want us to get to today without, without it being something that we're repelled by is there's a consequence for not listening to what I'm saying today. God's called you. He sent Jesus to pay for all of your sins. Not to just pay for your sins, but to pay for your calling. For that, that gift that God's put in, on the inside of you to be awakened for his glory. And what Jesus says, that if you don't honor that and, uh, and put on Christ, you know what Christ is? He's the anointed one. He's the, he's the perfect one, right? And if you're going to put him on, what's that? That means you're going to look like him. Put him on like clothes, right? So if you've been united with Christ, you're going to, in baptism, what that, that means you're, you're, the old has died and you become new in him. Right? You're going to put him on. Let's look at Romans 13, 13. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and, and moral living or immoral living or uh, quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself. Now, what I love about this is this is not something that we have to try to feel bad and do ourselves. This is what I want to encourage you with today. The Holy Spirit's tugging on our hearts right now if we let them. The call is going on. If, if you just, let's be quiet just a second. You're a little ring, 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 okay? See? He's calling you, right? He's ringing. He's calling you, right? 
But what is he calling us to? To be transformed in his presence. Any of those things it's talking about, these are not, these are not gifts to us. They're not privileges that we have. They're all works of the enemy that are keeping us from a calling, right? It says, instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't say clothe yourself with a real determination to not do all that stuff, does it? This is what I think is really cool about our relationship with God. He's not saying go away, fix yourself, and come back when you're better. He's saying come to me right now the way you are right now. Amen? And all those things that, that have been actually a bondage for you. Man, there's such a, there's such a prevalence of a sexual promiscuity. It will destroy our nation. It's destroyed nations in the past. And it all comes from the same thing that we all have, this drive for sexual pleasure, right? And you can't get away from it in, in the New Testament. I mean, it talks about it all the time. Why? Because it's, it's the enemy trying to displace what God wants to put in your, in your life. He wants to deliver us from those kind of things. And when you get in, when you answer the call, and you're not just answering the call and saying, yeah, I'll come. You, you show up and you allow yourself to be clothed in Christ. Amen. Now you can come into his presence. You can be affected by him. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So we get the call. How do you care for the call? You clothe yourself in Christ. One of the best ways to have a good relationship with a spouse is to spend some time with them, right? <laughs> Best way to, to not be taken by some other woman is to be taken by my woman. Right? Best way to not be taken by the world, by, by our flesh, is to be taken by Christ. Amen? To get close to him. <laughs> so, this is the process. So, we're, that was number two, right? We know that we're called. We respond to the call. We have to care for the call by letting go of some other things in our life. So that when we show up, we're clean. Amen? We're ready to go. And then when we do that, though, when we get into his presence, we come in there. We say, God, I, I want you more than all that junk in my life. I, I, don't, I don't have to get rid of that junk to get to you. <laughs> right? I, I'm not doing something that makes my merit get, getting me to you. But I'm choosing you over those things. And when I do that, I'm, I'm ushered into the very presence of God. Amen? And then what he does to us there. I, I love this about, don't you love the love of God? You know, it's reckless love. And even when we, you know, all, all what is it, the shadows and the walls coming down, knocking down walls and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but once you get into the, the presence of God, the wonderful thing is he receives us the way we are, but he never leaves us that way. Amen? Wouldn't that be disappointing to be in the presence of somebody that's like the best counselor ever? You know, and you leave with not even being affected at all. <laughs> you know, you're all excited about this appointment that you're going to have with somebody that's really famous and wonderful and everything. And you get there and you leave and then you haven't even been affected at all. No, we get to go into the very presence of the counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God. And we get to be changed. If it means anything to us, 
to the degree that it means anything to us. To the degree that we recognize it's already ours. We've been given access by the blood of Jesus. Now we go there. We get there. And he's, he surrounds us with love. He says, I love you so much just the way you are. And I love you so much that I'm not going to leave you that way. Amen? I'm going to enable you. So let's look at this. 2 Peter 1, 3. By his divine power, God, is it, he's fixing. He's not a Texan. He's a Coloradan. He's already done it. Right? <laughs> By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living, what? A godly life. Huh. So that's some ability, isn't it? It's like, I don't have to come to God with my ability. I come to him to gain ability. Right? First of all, I have to answer his call. I have to show up. And then it has to mean more than, to me than other things in my life. So I let go of some things, right? But when I get there, he starts working on me. He starts enabling me. Amen? He starts giving me witty inventions. He starts doing stuff in me that I could not do on my own. Amen? God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, when you think about godly life, oh, that's just really... That's really you know, devout, and you're not really doing anything but just kind of sitting around humming and humming and humming. No, that's not a godly life. A godly life is being successful. A godly life is influencing your world with a call that God's put on your life. Amen? <laughs> we have received all this by coming to know him. Huh. So when I get there, when I show up in his presence, I've already got something. I'm not coming there just to get something. I come in there already provided with a grace that's powerful. Amen? The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. You know, someday every knee's gonna bow. Every, every tongue's gonna confess him as Lord, right? Why? Because they're actually gonna see with their eyes his marvelous glory. God's saying, don't wait till then, till it's too late. I'm marvelous right now. Did you know that God's marvelous and his glory is wonderful right now? <laughs> we have to believe enough to answer the call, do something about caring for that call, amen? And then allowing it to affect who we are. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Oh, so when I show up, he's not just going to look at me and I'm going to feel really nervous in the gaze of the Almighty. No, he shows up and begins to impart to me what he's already done. It's not enough for there to just be him, him having done something for me. I discover it in his promises. Does that make sense? So when I get to him, he's going to start revealing to me what is already mine. All right? And in the process of that, I get to escape the things that would destroy me, that would keep my call from being fulfilled. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patience and endurance and patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Man, this is just getting pretty mushy, isn't it? 
But what happens? This is the process that's taking place. He's transforming who we are. Oh, I like that. I want to be changed. I'm not satisfied with what I see in the mirror all the time. I know you think, how could you not be satisfied with that? No, no. Well, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that just sounds like it's just in the knowledge. No, you become useful in the call that God's put on your life. Now, if you have an artistic call, you get into the presence of God, he's going to enable you in that call. You know that a lot of, the, of, of some really major singers, they were responding at a young age to a call of God on their life. And the reason why you can hear soul in their voice is because they got used to responding to that call in a relationship to God. And what God did is he enhanced their natural call. But it happened in his presence. Some of the best singers were responding to a call of God on their life. And here's the wonderful thing about this. God never removes that call from you. He can't do, there's nothing you can do to remove the call of God from your life. All you can do is remove its use. Either in the kingdom. Amen. So it's there right now. Each one of us. God has something for us. You might not show up on American Idol, you know, and wow everybody or something like that. But we have to discount the enemy's lie that we don't have anything. We don't have a call. Amen? But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blinded, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard. Listen to this. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Amen? So this can actually be a fun thing. You know, one of the most rewarding things for somebody that's an athlete is to get ready to go into the game. Right? For somebody that's a performer to practice. So now what I'm doing in Christ, I'm not working hard to, to, to attain a position in him. No, that's secured. That's already mine. But now what I'm doing is I'm working to, to let everything that he's already done for me be awakened in me. Okay? Do these things and you will never fall away. Isn't that interesting? People have a problem falling away from God. What's the issue? It's because you haven't been working to grow in your relationship with him. All right. All right. Are you good this morning? Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's look at this real quick. So what happens? God comes in. He begins to change you. He begins to awaken things in you that are creative designs of the almighty God. <laughs> Does this sound like kind of too, too out there today? It's, actually, it's, it's, it's real. So, But sometimes it's like, wow, that, that's just, ah. I just want to go back and watch Netflix again. That's real easy. Um, <laughs> and that's why we, we, we say no to God a lot of times is we got something that's real easy. We can just fall into it and it's, and you know, and most people will not answer the call. That's why few are chosen because they're not doing anything with the call. So when it comes game time, they can't even get themselves up off the bench. Right? <laughs> So, 
But when it becomes who you are and you're growing in that and you're allowing yourself to be transformed into the image of Christ, what happens? And now it becomes your life. It's not just part of your life. You're not just showing up on Sundays to, to prove to God you like him, you know. It becomes your life. If God's enabled me in this now, I begin to think about what I'm going to make choices in, I'm going to make in my life. Even relationships become guided by the call of God on my life. Does that make sense? So I, I just want to call this a vocation. Now it becomes my life. It's what my life's about. Right? For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. He will never go back on his promises. What, did, what happened when we, when we went into his presence? We heard him saying what he's promised us. That means things that are already ours in him. Amen? And as far as God's concerned, this is who we are. We're called. He sees us as able. He enables us. He empowers us, right? And he never falls back on that. It's never going to be God's side that we did not fulfill our call, that we did not respond to the call. We didn't show up at the feast with the right clothes on. Amen? All right, one more here. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. This is Paul talking. This is a guy that's been, you would think, well, he's already got it made. No, he said, I keep pressing towards this. It's what my life is about. I'm not satisfied with where I've been. I'm not retiring. You know, somebody actually asked me if I was retired the other day. Like, shut up. I don't ever say that word. I just said it, you know, because it was appropriate for the moment. But right? <laughs> we never retire from it because it's our life. Amen? <laughs> so, one more here. Are you good this morning? This is good, isn't it? Because God is, he, he wants to interact with us. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for interaction? Don't you like these apps that you can interact with, you know, and you get a response and you get, God wants to do that with us. He wants to be active in our life. He says, those things that you, that I've made you to be, I want to, I want to awaken them. Amen. So there's a fulfilled purpose though, and it's beyond ourself. It's, it's really kind of, like, I guess you could call it like a dichotomy. What God wants to do is to do so much in us that we get over us. A big reason why we're, we're messed up in some ways is because it's all about us. God says, I want to deliver you from you. I'm going to be your deliverer. I'm going to free, I'm going to cut off the chains of you. Right? <laughs> but he does this by calling us wonderful things in the first place. This is the thing about my mom. She always used to call me a prince. I think I'm, I'm the same age as like Prince Charles. And so... Uh, she always used to call me a prince, you know, and she would always say these wonderful things over me. And, and you know, there, there's something powerful that in, when somebody's speaking that into your life. And our Heavenly Father, our Creator, our, our, our Designer, this is what He says over us. He says, you are God's chosen treasure. When it becomes, when we're talking about many are called and few are chosen from God's side, he's already chosen us. Amen? He's waiting us for our choice. He said, you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. 
This is what we've been talking about. This, this is what God, he says, I've called you out of that. Oh, darkness is not something we want to hold on to. Oppression. Man, don't be impressed by what the world has to offer. It's nothing. It's darkness. He says, I've called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. It's almost like he's going in a different direction all of a sudden in the, at, at the end there, isn't it? It's like, I've called you priests, I've called you kings, I've called you all these things so that you can broadcast me to the world. Wow. So it's not about me being a king. It's not about what, what I'm going to become. I mean, that's wonderful. How many like being a king? I, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to come up with the right clothes for that, right? But, but he said in, in the, in this last phrase, he says, he did this so. What does that mean? He did all of that with a purpose. So you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Huh. So I'm going to be Billy Graham? Did you know when it says throughout the world, that means the place you can affect. Your realm of influence and he might broaden that amen because sometimes we can get stuck in our houses not wanting to go out not wanting to talk to our neighbors not wanting to do anything else because it's all about me you know it's all, I'm afraid to talk to somebody I might get a virus or something you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he'll deliver us from being introvert being about me and deliver me to broadcast now, broadcast, it's, it's not going to be somebody else's broadcaster. It's going to be mine. But I find it in him. He doesn't expect us to figure out how to do it before we get there. We find it out in his presence. Being growing, like we said. Amen? And he has a calling for us. Is that you this morning? Are you the called? Can you say, I'm the called? Can you say, I'm a king, a queen? Right. All right. Let's don't get mixed up. All right. God is, is he had a plan to, to save the world. He did it through one man, Jesus. But part of the, the reason why Jesus did what he did and he left is so that God can complete his plan through us. Amen? And we can look to Jesus and we can say, well, everything that Jesus did, he did as an example for us. Amen? And we'll have our own voice, we'll have our own image, but the more we get close to him, the more we're going to look like him in our own way. It's going to be a, it's like I was saying, buddy's just a, um, an emulator of Jesus. That's a good thing, you know? Man, he looks like Buddy, but man, he acts like Jesus. What's that? Well, you hang around with him and you can't help but start looking like him in your own body. Amen? And he awakens the gifts that are, God wants to do some things in each one of us. 
Like I said, it doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are. Who, who was it? Was it Timothy that, that he said, don't, don't let people tell you you're too young? Right? Because God wants to do something. And, and as long as we're trying to figure out what that is and decide whether or not we're going to do it based upon what we can figure out right now, we'd never do it. Yes. Amen? Exactly. Or we can say that it's nothing. Because I don't see it as anything yet. We don't look to it to be what we're seeing. We look to him. Right. And we find out what he's showing us. Amen? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Is this you today? Why don't you stand up with me? Let's, let's respond. I really believe that God is speaking to each one of our hearts to say, to say you know what? I, I want to value what's already in you. I want to value what I've already designed and placed in you in Christ. Amen? And I know we have people here today that are bound in sexual uh, domination. We have people here that have issues with substance. We have people, you know what? It's not about that. It's about our relationship with God. Jesus said, I came to deliver you. I came to be your answer. I came to be your salvation. I don't need you to fix yourself. I need you just to receive me. Amen? Amen? But it requires a response on our part, and we've talked about this pretty much in detail. I think I made it clear. Everybody say, I'm, you made it clear. You made it clear, right? <laughs> that God is calling us right now. He's saying, come to me. Come into my presence. And we have an opportunity right now to, to value that call, to answer it, and then to do something about it. Amen? I invite us all to do this. You know, we're, we're all going to be on our own level. It's, all, it's a personal relationship with him. But let's just take a step towards him today. Let's allow him to be life to us today. Can we do that? What we encounter with God of what he's already provided for us, we access by faith. God is a God of faith. In fact, how many see him right now with your natural eye? I don't, I don't see him with my natural eye. I mean... I can look at you guys and say, well, that, that's pretty amazing what he did right there, but it's not him. We believe in him by faith, don't we? So we access what he's done for us by faith. And he said, I put a word of faith inside of your mouth. You've already got this ability right now. We have the ability to access the God Almighty and what he's provided for us by faith. But the way he's given for us to do that is to say something. We just did this. We just declared him to be our Lord and Savior. And if this is the first time you've done this, I welcome you to let this be a transformation of your life. Amen? But there is, that's just the entrance into a life of faith that is led by our mouths, by what we say. So I've got a few declarations that we're just going to say together. I encourage you to say them. Say them as loud as you want. You're not going to offend me because I got the microphone. So I, I'll, be, I'll be louder no matter what. But, but you need to say it from your spirit, okay? And as we say these things, what we're going to do is we're going to confirm the word that we've already heard today. I've, I've been talking as fast as I can to try to get this all in today. Amen. But I believe it's not just me that's speaking. I believe it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking through the word. Okay? And, uh, and so what's necessary now is for us to respond to that and to say these things ourselves. And you'll find that as you declare what God has already given you in Christ, it comes alive in you. Amen? All right. So let's do this. This is kind of fun. Let's just have some fun and say this together. All right? Let's say, I have a call 
from my designer and creator to come walk with him in newness of life. Oh, that sounds kind of like, oh yeah. But you know what? Until you start saying, until you start seeing, the more, if you could just get this revelation alone, amen? amen. It changes your whole life. The God, the creator, the designer of who we are, he has called me. That makes me special. Amen? He sees us as special. As I respond to this call by drawing near to his holy presence, I choose to care for it by yielding to the holiness and godliness of his Holy Spirit. And then, now what's kind of interesting in this is I didn't say anything about quit sinning or anything else, you know, or getting rid of stuff. No, we just draw near to him. Amen? Amen? And he empowers us to be free there. There in his presence, I am empowered by his promises with ability to develop in and fulfill the full potential of my calling. Hallelujah. You know what? This is something that it doesn't just happen today. You don't say, well, I got that taken care of. I guess I can go about what I want. No, this becomes your life, right? This calling has become the vocation of my life that determines and has priority over every choice I make. Isn't that good? I commit myself daily to preparation of my calling to be chosen for effective kingdom service in glorifying God. Hallelujah. Father.